Welcome back to Football Extra and today we bring to you EPL Roundup. I'm your host Rajdeep and today I've got one of my friends, Saptorshi. We'll be taking a look at the best matches of Game Week 3 from last-minute penalty drama of Man United to Jimmy Ward's relentless hat-trick against the Blues. We'll cover it all, so sit back tight and enjoy. So first up, we have Man United vs Brighton. What a nail-biting match was that. Being a United fan these days is certainly hard. After a shambolic performance from United, they got away with a penalty in the last minute of extra time. Brighton had 15 shots on target, and even 5 of them had hit the crossbar. Graham Potter indeed had an unlucky day, as his team were better side, yet couldn't win the game. Goals for Bruno Fernandes, Rashford and an own goal for Louis Dunk sealed the day for the Reds. Thanks to VAR, United won the match 3 goals to 2. Yeah, everything was okay, but why was a penalty given after the blowing of the final whistle? And what do you think uh, this will uh, prove in the f- uh, remainder of the Premier League matches? So the thing is that there is a board, you know, there is a board mainly called IFAB. So they say that there is no restriction for reviewing the incidents, even if they occur after the uh, final uh, final time. So the thing is that games can be restricted after VR check, even after the final whistle has been blown. So there you have it, the decision for penalty was completely the right one. But if you leave aside the defense about the VR thing, United was simply poor at the defense. They gave away very easy balls. So that is the main thing I feel like. If you keep the VR aside, the game was not good enough from United. Exactly, the defense didn't look any better. Oli said he had good enough defenders, but I feel they just lack sharpness. Maguire and Lindelof lacked coordination and timing of tackles. Juan Misaka gave too much of space to Trossard. And uh, Oli had to bring in Eric Bai to stop the runs of Trossard and Mopé. No, exactly, that is the main thing. Like, Brighton played a really amazing match. I am a United fan, honestly, but that United just lacked that quality in defence. And you know Trossard, you're talking about yeah, Trossard. He, he did everything on the pitch. He was very unlucky because he did everything except scoring goals. He matched the Red Devils' favourite, Cristiano Ronaldo's record of hitting the woodwork three times. Altogether, Brighton hit the post five times. So keeping aside Leon Trossard, what do you think of Pogba's performance? He was not good enough that day. He gave away too many easy passes. Honestly, I didn't really see him on the pitch. He has been inconsistent at times. Also, we have to take into account that he didn't have a proper preseason due to his illness. He looked sluggish. And also to VAR, thanks to VAR, he didn't concede a penalty. Otherwise, there would be a penalty, of course. And I hope that he'll get back to his form soon and play well. Exactly, that's the thing. Like Paul Pogba, he has a lot of expectations out of him. He's one of the best midfielders in Europe currently. So keeping aside Paul Pogba, what do you think that United did? United made a mistake from uh, signing Van de Beek in the middle of the season, and they could have got uh, a replacement for Matic at least or a good centre back. Exactly, I honestly think that Oli bought Van de Beek to provide squad depth. Also, on his debut, Van de Beek was really impressive. Uh, we, can, we have seen that uh, Bruno and Pogba both start for uh, United and Van de Beek can um, provide as a substitute for them. Also, Van de Beek can play both as an attacking midfielder and also as a central midfielder. But yes, I agree that Matic is not fit enough for the whole squad. Uh, he is a bit slow, plus he has injury issues. Also, uh, we don't know what kind of a player McTominay is good at. Like, he's good, but we don't know what he's gonna be because he's young and lacks experience. Yeah, that's the thing about McTominay. He's one of the best players like from United Academy. He scored a screamer against City. But the thing with him is that he's inexperienced. And I think United could have brought in players like NDD from Leicester or Ruben Neves from Wolves. Because uh, they're the best young defensive midfielders in Premier League right now. And keeping aside that, uh, don't you think that Donny van der Beek should have started ahead? Like in position for McTominay since he's so 
फ्लेक्सीबल इन प्लेइंग पोजिशन लाइक सेंटर मिड और सी डी एम और सेंटर अटैकिंग एक्जैक्टली आई ऑनेस्टली फील वैंडविक शुड हैव स्टार्टेड बिकॉज ही वॉज रियली गुड विद द बॉल एंड ऑल्सो इन द लास्ट मैच इज स्कोर्ड अ बॉल एंड ही लुक फिटर देन पॉकबा ऑल्सो आई थिंक मे बी ऑली प्रेफर्स दिस इलेवन बिकॉज दे हैव प्लेड सो मेनी मैचेज आफ्टर लॉकडाउन एंड दे प्रोबेबली हैव अ वेरी गुड टीम केमिस्ट्री एंड लास्ट बट नॉट द लिस्ट मैन यूनाइटेड शुड बी रियली ग्रेटफुल दैट दिस आइन ब्रोनो फर्नांडिस मैन दैट प्लेयर एज टॉप नॉच वर्क एथिक Exactly. Like Bruno Fernandes has done everything right for United. Uh, talking about this match, he he played an amazing match. Though he gave away a penalty, he got the penalty in the last minute of the extra time, and he scored a really good penalty. Like he he was very confident with it, and he played in the middle. He comes back uh, in the wide positions to help the def- in, in the defending wise also, and he has helped in all the goals in this match, and he even keeps a hundred hundred percent penalty conversion rate. So I was wondering what a player he could have been if in the Ferguson era. So looking at this match I think United needs to work on the defense a lot and with two days to go with the transfer I certainly think they need some few transfers coming down here. So next up we have the Blues who fell behind on at Hawthorns but back in style after the break to snatch a share of the spoils. Chelsea have become the first Premier League side in 9 years to take something from a game in which there was a 3 goal deficit and had to overcome back at half time. The Blues endured a nightmare start to their latest outing against West Brom. Some more questionable defending from Frank Lampard's side with Thiago Silva contributing to that toe on his English top-flight bow handed the initiative to the hosts. Chelsea end 9-year Premier League run with three goals salvage job at West Brom. Mason Hudson and Tammy were the goal scorers for Chelsea who managed to come back for them from three goal behind. So why do you think like Thiago Silva coming just in debut why he's given the ca- the captain some band? Well uh, in the match Aspilicueta wasn't in the team and there was Jorginho so uh, giving Thiago Silva the captain's armband was just an impulsive decision which was respecting his legacy and the experience he had also what he has achieved to put faith in him that can lead the team from behind also but i think there was uh, Angelo Kanté who has 150 caps for Chelsea and i honestly think he should have been given the captain's armband yeah anyway keeping aside the errors from Thiago Silva the defense of Chelsea was the biggest liability To be, to be accurate, the left back position is uncertain. With a player like Marcos Alonso, who is very weak defensively, he may be very well in attacking wise. Like he makes some good runs down the wide, and also is a good uh, free kick taker. But the thing is that the first goal was his mistake. He is not simply good enough in his defending positioning. I'm just looking forward to Chilwell joining the starting starting eleven. Do you think uh, that the new signing that Malang Sar, who came from Liga, uh, sending him on loan, was it a good decision for Chelsea? See the thing is that Malangsar is a quality player that I know about him and he needs to get more top flight experience so sending him on a loan is a best decision for his future because there is strict competition in the club in spite of the signings it was the homegrown talents who secured the point so i think it is a really good decision made from the chelsea board to give him some time and gain some experience right like the te- the chelsea team currently has the best one of the best uh, midfield and attacking players So Malang Sar will gain some good experience, and when he will come back, he will great. He will be a great addition to the uh, the Chelsea's first team squad. Yes, it was the homegrown talents who have their name on the score sheet, but it's the new signings who created them. Um, they haven't opened their account in the Premier League yet, but it's just a matter of time until they start bagging goals. All they need is some time to settle in and build up a chemistry because they didn't really have time to play pre-season and also to implement their new ideas. Also, honestly, I think Chelsea is really missing. The flair of the new number ten, Captain America. The Foxes striker ran right at the Etihad Stadium as Pep Guardiola's hope of retaining the Premier League title was dealt an early blow. 
Only two players have ever scored a hat-trick against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. One of them is Lionel Messi and now the other, the Jamie Vardy. He has not done it once but twice. The former England international has now found the net eight times against City since Guardiola took over Etihad and he has scored with each of his efforts on goal, including twice from penalty spot after earning them himself. Even Guardiola knows that Vardy is the perfect striker to expose the weakness in his strategy. Don't you think that Man City struggled in the absence of a striker? Exactly. Both uh, the number 9s, that is Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero were injured. Uh, Raheem Sterling was playing as the lone centre-forward. De Bruyne was the number 10 and the main creator. Sterling, De Bruyne and Phil Foden were all out of their natural positions. Sterling looks dangerous when he cuts in from the left and De Bruyne was on the centre-right and he brings in crosses like he did in the second half. Not wide right. Foden was out wide more, and but is more effective centrally. Seven players were missing from the main squad. And 17 years old Liam Jellup was introduced when the game was has gone out of hand. And he did good. But the striker on the other hand did the job as well. Exactly, that's the main thing. The main problem is Manchester City was the strategy. That match was simply a wire. Playing players out of position is simply not good enough from a manager like Pep Gordon. Yeah, now talking about Jimmy Wadi, he has tweeted a record by scoring a hat-trick against City twice. And he has got a lot of pace in the form of Barnes and Jimmy Wadi. So the main thing about Leicester was uh, they scored mostly out of penalties. But the challenges, the main clumsy challenges made by the City's defenders made them. So it was mainly because of the poor defence from Man City. And the main thing is that with the defence like this, I don't think they are not challenging for the title this season. Exactly. Uh, Manchester City's best, Emmerich Laporte, is still out injured. John Stones is still not fully fit. Inexperienced Eric Garcia hasn't signed a contract extension. And he failed to stop Vardy and was also beaten by Vardy. The back four of City didn't like experience but they have never played together and that can be seen on the pitch. There was a lot of lack of communication. Always They were, on the, they were always on the verge of going forward. There was huge spaces which was exploited by the Foxes strikers. There was reckless challenges inside the box and also the defence lacked protection from a good defensive midfielder. Exactly, that's the main thing. I feel like the midfield duo of Rodri and Fernandino, uh, it was not good enough. Like Rodri is known for his passing abilities but only passes sideways 5 yards. He's not good at reading dangers and neither good with tackles. So it was quite evident after Fernandino was taken off, Man City wasted no time in bringing a new signing centre-back Ruben Diaz from Benfica. So what do you think about the signing? Will it be a good, uh, like, will it help the city's poor defensive form? Um, Ruben Diaz is a personal favourite. Uh, we are very excited to see him in the Premier League. He's probably the best defenders defender of the Liga knows. And it's, he's not talked about much, but he has 4.49 defensive duels per 90 with 65.87% one in the 2019 season. He's good in the air. 56.8% aerial duels were won by him, which rises to 85.24 in his own defensive half. He's a ball-playing centre-back, which will fit well with Pep's tactics. 11.74 progressive passes he can make per 90 minutes with 85.7% success rate. He can also connect well with the left wing. He will pair really good with Emmerich Laporte once he comes out of injury. Exactly, that is the main thing I was thinking about. He's a really quality player and bringing him will surely add a great uh, addition to the starting eleven. So next up, we have the last match, but not the least. It's about uh, Arsenal vs Liverpool. Let's get to it. Liverpool maintained their perfect start to the season while ending Arsenal's as Premier League champions came from behind to score a 3-1 victory at Anfield. 
Alexander Lacazette capitalized on Andrew Robertson's mistake to give Arsenal a surprise lead on 25 minutes, but Sadio Mane swiftly restored parity before Robertson made amends. Procedure to give Reds a deserved half-time lead. Lacazette spawned a glorious chance to draw and improve Arsenal level midway through the second half, and his miss was compounded on the 80th minutes when the summer signing Diego Jota first goal for the club sealed its straight third win for the season for Jurgen Klopp's side. The Reds lifted the champions above Merseyside rivals Everton on goal difference into second in the Premier League, while Arsenal remained fifth after tasting defeat for the first time. Arsenal was gasping for an air due to the Liverpool's fullbacks. What do you think about it? It was Robertson who gave away the first goal. He was also the one who gave Liverpool the lead. Both Trent and Robertson really connected well, and Trent's cross was tapped in by Robertson. Robertson has either scored or assisted in seven of his last eight Premier League appearances, scoring two and assisting five. But the main star of the show was their goalkeeper Allison, who was like a rock in front of the goal. He made a crucial save from Lukasic, like he denied him twice, one on one. Even Yerlinger bristled, of course he did, after such an authoritative performance against a top team in form. There was a kind of a cold war, like he overheard Roy Keane in studio describing Liverpool as a sloppy on one or two occasions at back. as he was reading to his post-match interview on Sky Sports. The champions of England did err defensively in 3-1 victory against Arsenal, most notably with Andy Robertson's miscued clearance which gifted Alexandro Lacazette the open at Anfield. The forward had also been thwarted by superb goalkeeping from Alisson in the second half, but the wider truth from the encounter was a very dangerous counter-attacking unit which had been nullified and restricted to a total of four shots in the entire encounter. The flagging of a criticism in such a comprehensive victory jarred with Klopp. He was he said that he heard Mr. Kane from the studio that he was blaming Klopp for a very sloppy performance and he asked if he heard, if he had heard that. That sparked a cold war between Kane and Jurgen Klopp. What do you think of the new signing Diego Jota? Yeah, like I th- I heard that Jurgen Klopp was claiming he claims like he has been on his radar for around 2-3 years. Even in his brief team on pitch, on pitch he created a lot of chances. He can settle with Liverpool team as he can press high up the pitch along with his other skill sets. He can play on left wing or centrally, and he will he will provide a necessary backup to the up front. So I think it was a clinical performance from Liverpool, except uh, just a, a small defensive error from the Andy Robertson. Except that they were simply top class, and they're just showing that how uh, what a team uh, Young Club has built over the last few years. Well, this marks the end of our podcast of the game week three of English Premier League. Hope you have an amazing time hearing us out, and do let us know your views and opinions on Instagram. Until then, take care and stay tuned.